0: Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Colin for our new show, Unruly, with Ryan and Rob. This is your co-host, Ryan Knight, and uh, Rob is actually not going to be here with us tonight, but I appreciate him so much for filling in last week. For those who don't know, I finally caught COVID, and uh, I'm on, like, day seven, and I'm feeling a lot better uh, but uh, it was actually pretty scary. The, f- the first two days were brutal. So I'm just happy to, to be here uh, and, and to be here with you guys tonight. And uh, I want to welcome our guest. Uh, she is an organizer and an independent media journalist a- and a dear friend of mine, Savage Joy. Welcome to Unruly.
1: Thank you so much. It's so good to be with you again. We've done shows in the past and it feels like it's been forever.
0: <laughs> it has been a little bit uh since we've caught up. So it's great uh to have you here and, and when you reached out to me I was I was so happy to see that The Medicare for all March is happening again uh, this year because, look, we find ourselves in kind of a a political stalemate in in this country right now. Um, Look, nothing has gotten better for the people or planet with Democrats controlling the House, the Senate and the White House. Yet there's been no accountability from organizations on the left uh, against Biden and the Democrats for failing to deliver for the people. Instead, we're seeing this kind of tribal cult of personality politics on the left, where even though Biden and the Democrats are failing to deliver for the people, the prevailing message is just to keep voting for them no matter what. And really, it's it's lunacy, right? Like, if you tell a politician that you will vote for them no matter what – they have no incentive to ever fight for anyone besides their wealthy donors and unfortunately we're seeing that play out right now in real time Uh, As last week, the Biden administration quietly announced that it will leave in place one of the largest ever Medicare premium hikes for the remainder of 2022, which is a huge gift to their corporate donors and and not good for all of our seniors who are on Medicare. And then just this week, uh, Biden stated, I think it was yesterday, and I'm quoting him. He said, this idea that we're going to be able to click a switch and bring down the cost of gas and food prices is not likely in the near term. So Democrats won't click the switch to help the people, yet they never hesitate to click the switch to help their corporate donors. This is what happens when you don't hold politicians accountable. You end up with a government that is completely beholden to their corporate donors and does not care about the people's needs or interests at all. And right now, there just aren't any organizations who are willing to step up and hold the Democrats accountable. In fact, Joy, we've seen the opposite, where grassroots movements and organizations get co-opted and diffused by the Democrats. So my first question for you, Joy, to kind of kick off this whole conversation, uh, is the March for Medicare for All ready to hold every politician in Washington accountable and demand that they don't just back Medicare for All, but also push for a vote on it in Congress?
1: There is no question. That is one of our goals. That is what we've been doing. Um, We've been talking about it since day one. And, uh, you know, of course, last year we had uh, events in 56 cities for Medicare for All marches and actions on July 24th. uh, We had one in one place and it just kind of blew up to 56 um we did not allow any politicians to speak at any of the 56 and we are not allowing any of them to speak at this one in dc um we we don't can i curse?
0: <laughs> you can say whatever you want okay. you can curse
1: i really don't give a flying fuck what what they're gonna say they're gonna come be. we need medicare for all yet yeah, no shit we know that you're talking to people who already agree. So just like two months ago, when they were all standing on the floor of Congress, like it's been past time, we need Medicare for all. So what we did was, um, and for and for all, what we did was we reached out to every single person on the progressive caucus, um, such as the squad and Ro Khanna and, um, you know, uh, just everyone on the Progressive Caucus and said, hey, we're a Medicare for all group. We support national improved Medicare for all. We are 100% volunteer. Um, we give our time, our everything for, you know, for this movement. Um, and we appreciate what you said on the congressional floor with that we are requesting a meeting with you um most of them res- did not respond wow um the one aoc responded aoc's person responded to me and said the congresswoman will not be able to meet with you no explanation no nothing just like a no. <laughs> and I've had her on my show. She knows who I am. I've even opened up as a speaker at one at an event she was a speaker at. Like she knows me, but still, no. Um, they know who the threats are. They know who is gonna go in there and not be okay, thanks. Can we maybe do-? no, I'm done. I'm done asking. We are demanding. People are dying. So we're posting about this stuff. And Congressman Ro Khanna reached out to us and said, hey, can you guys come to D.C. and meet with me? And so we're let's, like,
0: let's back up a little bit. Let's back up because we're going to get into that in the next section. But I want to kind of dive in more here because uh, – I, first off, I'm not surprised at all that that AOC uh, turned down your guy's request because she knows that you guys are a serious organization and you're not in it for a photo op you're actually in it to fight for everyone in this country to have guaranteed health care um, as 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 everyone should it should be a human right in this country and so but I think for me, bigger picture, I think it's very important with all the co-opting that we've seen in the, in, in the progressive movement over the last four years. I think it is so important in knowing that the progressives in Congress are part of the Democratic Party, which is a capitalist and imperialist party that who's one of the biggest donors of the Democratic Party is the giant insurance companies who have a vested interest in making sure Medicare for all never passes. And so when you have these kind of progressives in the party, they kind of use things like Medicare for all. They start talking about it now that campaign season's rolling around again. Right. And they need to kind of something to motivate their voters, but it's, it's all just like a, it's like these kind of endless promises that they never actually will fight for. And so my first question for you is, do you think at this point with what we know about both corporate parties and how they operate and how they are hundred be percent beholden to their corporate donors. And even if there are a few progressives who aren't beholden to their corporate donors, these progressives take orders from Nancy Pelosi who is beholden to her corporate donors. So it doesn't matter, right? So my point is, do you think it's, it's important from this point forward that all Grassroots movements and organizations are completely independent uh, from both corporate parties because I just don't see how a a, a movement that takes grassroots donations from the people and says it's fighting for policies for the people – can start to cozy up to these two corrupt parties who are standing in the way of health care justice in this country and standing in the way of everyone h- having guaranteed health care. Is that independence uh, in grassroots movements important, Joy? And, and is the March for Medicare for All 100 percent independent from both corporate parties and, and nonpartisan?
1: Absolutely. 100 percent nonpartisan. We do not Card people with the registration and be like, "Well, who'd you vote for and shit like that?" We don't care. We don't care if you vote. We don't care what party you are. That's irrelevant. Uh, you know, healthcare is not a political issue. It's a human rights issue. That's so right. to involve any politicians would be so stupid because. They don't mean what they say anyway. What is right. the point? What's the point bringing them to us and saying, yeah, you know what? We're we're working so hard and we have people who are disabled and people who work in healthcare, and people who are, you know, hurting economically and people who are dealing with trauma. But you know what? Let's also put a politician on this stage who says something nice every once every few months. Fuck that. No, you don't belong there. You don't belong there. We have nothing to do with electoral politics. What people who volunteer with us do on their own time, that's fine. But we we are totally separate.
0: Yeah, well, and I think it's important too. like it's it's important to kind of uh, kind of look at strategies that are working or not working, right? Because it's been, what, four years since AOC and the squad have been elected. It's been six years since Bernie's first uh, presidential campaign. And although I credit Bernie uh, with my political awakening, if there was no Bernie, I would have never really woken up to the corruption in the system. At some point, you have to ask yourself now, again, four years after the squad were elected and six years after Bernie's first campaign, are we any closer to any of these 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 reforms uh to medicare for all to a living wage um you know to student debt cancellation to uh ending the wars defunding the pentagon um you know are we any closer now than than we were six or four years ago i would argue that we're not any closer and we're not even any closer with democrats in control of the entire government because what we've seen is kind of unfortunately the squad kind of fold uh, to to B- joe biden and nancy pelosi and you know th- their job was to go in there and fight back against the corrupt system and now they've kind of turned into just the democrats who they'll fight back against the corruption in the Rep- republican party but they won't fight back and call it the corruption in the democratic party which in my mind is actually a bigger problem because the democrats spend so much time kind of sedating the public with these nice platitudes and empty promises as you just said that it kind of it 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 create it, it confuses a lot of people, and it, it's really what's stopping change in this country. Because there's a lot of comfortable liberals out there who think, "Oh, if I just vote blue, then everything's good, and, and, and I'm working toward progress." Well, we've got an entire blue government right now. Uh, Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the White House, and shit's not getting better. In fact, in many ways, shit is getting worse. And so, you know, I think one of the big things. That have been missing from grassroots movements and organizations is specific and key policy demands from our government and from both corporate parties. You know, and in the words of the great Frederick Douglass, power concedes nothing without a demand. And when you don't demand policies, it plays right into the hands of both corporate parties who want to make our politics about the personalities and the likability of our politicians. And we're, and what we've seen is on both the left and right, a dangerous president of treating politicians like celebrities instead of policymakers who determine our laws. Joy, do you think organizing and planning a march around a, a specific policy like Medicare for all, uh, like what you guys are doing with this march, can that help break us out of this unhealthy pattern of worshipping politicians and instead start putting policies over these politicians and political parties?
1: I think it can. And you know, that's why we're we're really um focusing on, on who we have speak. We we did um in April we had a twenty a hour three day forum of panels, every panel relating to health care you can think of, from, you know, disability to medical debt to um Healthcare disparities and people of color to environmental issues within healthcare, everything you can imagine. And we had all people that pretty much were like unknown. And it was beautiful because it put a face to these things. It put, wow, okay, so you hear things like 68,000 people die every year because of lack of healthcare well how about you listen to somebody who's was a family member of one of those people who died now it becomes real now you know it, you begin to absorb it's not it's not something you're desensitized to it's something more organic it's something more personable um so that, you know, that really is the key when you're organizing these things. And you're right. And an action without demands is a fucking parade. It's mm. not an action. That's mm. all it is. Like a women's march. Sorry. Hate me if you want to. But I'm sorry. When you have a costume and when you have mugs with your freaking, you know, sayings on it and all this shit. And you're just you're calling all these police, you know, you have no speakers of color, things like that. And you're just marching down, praising Hillary, who's married to a rapist and all this stuff. It's a parade. There is no demands there. There is not, we're doing this because we want X, Y, and Z. It's pointless. It's, it's absolutely pointless. So our thing is, Just like last year, we do have a list of demands. And by demands, we mean demands, no breadcrumbs, no incrementalism. We will be um, our uh, event this year will be right in front of the White House. You will see the White House as a backdrop. So
0: What, what are a few of the key demands that the March for Medicare for All is making to our government and both corporate parties?
1: Well, so, um, we actually even came up with a pledge, um, that we would like, uh, people to sign it, Ro has, um, and basically it's, you know, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but, um, I, uh, agreed to, um, push, uh, national improved Medicare for all. I agree, you know, um, things like, I'm kind of paraphrasing, I'm blanking right now, but it's a pledge that m for m 4 all came up with that we are sending. Uh, Pramila's person said she's down to sign it. We haven't gotten it back. Um, but that's more of like activists to be able to hold them accountable. You know, like you yep. sign this saying that you would not just tweet about it. You sign this saying you would fight for it. So here you go. Here's the tangibles. Here's the receipts. Um, So that it's, no, it's nothing profound. But getting them to do that makes them realize they're being watched. We are watching you. And that's why we're giving this to you. So there's that. There's also, um, we are fighting for 1881A. Um, If people don't know what that is, it's uh, a... Something that happened in Libby, Montana, which essentially their air quality um, was filled with asbestos. And because of it, they enacted 1881A, which meant that every single person in Libby, Montana had um, Medicare for all. Every single person. And they've had it for years. Um, And because of the pandemic, Biden couldn't act. 1881A with the stroke of a pen with an executive order. So meaning literally an executive order he could do right now that would give every single one of us 100% coverage, no copays, no deductibles, no premiums, medical, dental, vision right now. So. When people try to say, well, it's not going to go for a vote and stuff. Well, first of all, demand it. We tried to demand it for force the vote. Yep. And so-called leftists just destroyed us. Like, you know, yep. uh, you know, celebrating when Pelosi won again. Like everything is very much. Uh, and I got it again today and yesterday. We need to hold them accountable. No, not like that. No. This is what we're doing. You can join if you don't want to. Give me something better. Nobody ever gives me something better. Um, but yeah, we we want 1881A. We should have had it over two years ago. It's been done. It exists. Why aren't people holding Biden accountable for this? Because a people don't know about it. B people don't want to learn. When I bring it up, they're like, whatever, it doesn't matter anyway. Um, So, and we're getting pushback as well, because one of the actions we're doing is um, human rights lawyers are actually writing. uh, Basically, um, we're legislating, um, you know, uh, we're making letters to bring to the UN in New York. To file a human rights grievance against Biden for not implementing 1881A. And some people are saying, well, what's the UN going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. But guess what? It'll bring the news there. People will learn what 1881A is. That's, that's, if even that's all that happens, so be it. We well, I mean, have to. I mean, I'm down I, to try freaking anything.
0: Well, that's what I. Well, I find so interesting about the people who keep saying, "Well, what's the point? What's the point?" Like. Hello. Is anyone paying attention? Right now, there's no accountability on the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. But I would say, actually, the media and the Democrats hold the Republicans accountable. They make sure they're on TV every day talking about their corruption. But yet here we have the Democrats. They control the the House, the Senate, the White House. There's zero accountability. And then you've got these organizations that are basically – they call organizing just – Electing more Democrats and electing more Democrats who are just going to funnel more people into this, you know, capitalist corporate party that has no, there, there's no, they're not responsible to the people. They, they sit and they make campaign promise after campaign promise to get our votes or they terrify people and say that the world is ending if you don't vote for them, right? Despite the fact that the Democrats, uh, collaborate with the Republicans on the same laws that are rigged for the corporations. So this big, bad, scary Republican party that the Democrats, you know, scare us on every four years uh, during election season and and two years for Congress, they work and actively collaborate with them. You know, the Democrats are just as corrupt. They just use nicer rhetoric. You know, that's really the only difference. So I think it's great that you guys are going to hold the progressives accountable, that you're going to hold the Democrats accountable and you're going to hold Republicans accountable. I mean, I think, you know for if, if there's any chance look if you look at our nation's history the, any any time we got anything that was like more than a breadcrumb you know social security medicare a minimum wage which is obviously now obsolete we need we need a maximum wage we need way better than, than a minimum wage but it, all those policies they did not happen because people were out in the streets saying vote blue no matter who they happened because communists and socialists and an organized labor movement were fighting back against the democratic party and telling them that if you don't pass these reforms that it's that 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 we're not voting for you and and all hell's gonna break loose like that's how you 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 make change happen you get in the streets and you demand it and i think that that people have gotten too cute I think the the liberal movement overall, I mean I, I'm I don't consider myself a liberal anymore. I, I've been calling myself a socialist for three years because to be a liberal in America these days, I mean, what does it stand for? It stands for nothing. It stands for more war, more corporate welfare, uh, more uh, for-profit predatory health insurance, you know, Obamacare, which is not a universal health care system. I mean, I, liberals don't stand for anything except Republicans are bad. And now when you see how Joe Biden is governing the country and the Democrats are governing the country, they're governing it just like Trump and the Republicans, again, just using nicer rhetoric that appeals to comfortable liberals. I mean, there's a story a few weeks ago that Joe Biden is continuing Trump's policy of privatizing Medicare, Uh, you know. The, the, the Democrats and Joe Biden voted for a bigger uh, Pentagon budget than, than the Republicans and Trump did. Uh, the Democrats are giving more money to the police. They're, they're approving more fossil fuel subsidies. You know, the, uh, Biden's approved more uh, oil drilling on public lands uh, th- than Trump did in his first year. There's more people incarcerated than 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 were incarcerated under Trump, and Biden promised to cut the incarceration rate in half. So you can like go line item after line item, and you can see that Biden is either as is is governing just like Trump, or even worse than Trump. And yet liberals think, oh, we just need to keep voting for this corporate fascist blue party. No, like no, and they keep saying, well, well, the Republicans are fascists. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, Democrats are fascists too. Fascism is a merger, is what happens when you're, when uh, corporate power merges with state power. And, and they do it to protect the capitalist system at all costs. And then when people can no longer survive because they can't afford healthcare or they can't afford rent, they, they they use the power of the state they, with with police to, to push down on people that don't make it in this system. Well, guess what? No one can make it in this system when, 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 the, when workers' wages aren't keeping up with, with, the, with the cost of living in this country. So so yes, both parties are fascist. Both parties will do anything to protect capitalism, to protect the military-industrial complex. And so this idea that like, we should just not do anything or we should shit on the people who have the courage to hold the Democrats accountable which i see as like the gatekeepers and i'm glad you brought up force the vote because that was my real awakening i mean i vote i supported aoc's campaign i knew aoc when aoc had 18,000 twitter followers and her campaign sent me a private message and i only bring this up because there's so many people who think i don't like her no like i used to believe that like that's how you get change is in the system until i saw what happened with someone like aoc When she said, oh, you know, elect me and and I will fight back against the system. And then she gets into power and she does everything but fight back against the corrupt system. You know what I'm saying? So and then with the first time we try to hold them accountable and ask for a little bit of accountability was force the vote. And they all basically just told us to fuck off. And then their supporters were treating us like, I mean, you would not even want to see the things people were sending me. All because I was – we were just holding the squad accountable and Bernie accountable to their campaign promises. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's insanity to me.
1: I – you know, at the forced to vote town hall, I, I – I still can't believe I was on that. I you know like with Brother Cornell and and people like that. It was crazy.
0: I can't believe you were on it cuz I asked you to be on it cuz we needed oh, yeah, people. That's right. We needed that's people right. to be on the panel who that's actually right. like you know could speak about medical bankruptcy and could speak about, you know, what this extortion racket for-profit health insurance system what it does to people. And your story is compelling and your story represents millions of Amer- Americans out there who cannot afford you know life-saving treatment and medication.
1: Absolutely and I, that was one of the nicest things anyone did for me Ryan. It was just and and that that night honestly really did change my life. It was the first time I shared my story. It was uh the first time I called myself disabled. Um it, you know I, It was crazy, like sharing my story for the first time, right when I was going blind, right when I was having that trauma and there were 130,000 people watching and it was so crazy. But what I noticed after that was I got so many wonderful messages of support, but I also noticed that I've received more hate than I've ever received in my life. Um how could you do this? You're risking a Republican, you know, and these are people who say they're so-called leftists who were just, and I'm like, look, as, you know, as a disabled person with medical debt, don't tell me who I should, you know, like um, how I should feel, what I should do Um you know, when when you're in this situation, you are literally like, you feel like you will try anything. And to me, the bare minimum they could do is say, "I mean, Pelosi insults them all the time. Why is it so hard for you to withhold your vote for five freaking minutes?" Yeah, like that, it, it's it, incredible. And you know, Rashida Tlaib was the one who hurt me the most because. When I moved to Iowa for five weeks to volunteer for Bernie's campaign, I met her and she held me as I bawled my eyes out, telling her how I was going blind. All of a sudden my life was changing and she cried with me and she held my hands and she hugged me and she told me, I will fight with you. There's no question. I love you, blah, blah, blah. And that helped me get through so much. And I thought for sure if anyone did force the vote, it would be her because she's always kind of been the most hor- hardcore when when it comes to certain things. But no, absolutely not. And you know, it takes someone like Cory Bush who has been hospitalized without insurance. No, she doesn't care. She came to our march last year. She came, took a few photos, and left. She never even so much as tweeted. Medicare for all. Like, I'm not even talking about the march. I'm talking about she left and didn't even so much as tweet Medicare for all. These, they don't care. They yeah. don't.
0: Well, that's what, that was what, for me, it was so revealing because look, when we were sharing their, their, uh, you know, their tweets and helping them fundraise, many of us uh, in the Force the Vote movement, we worked on their campaigns. Uh, you know, I remember. You know helping raise money for AOC, I remember sharing her campaign video again. Her campaign reached out to me when she when she had eighteen thousand followers and she was running for office back in two thousand and eighteen and It's like these people were there for us when we're giving our you know when we 're donating grassroots dollars when we're helping raise money for their campaigns uh, you know f- when they show up to events and they're they're there for the photo ops and they're there you know they're there when it's like we help them get into power, but then once they have power. They're not going to stand with the movement or be accountable to the movement and actually use the platforms that the movement gave them to actually fight back against the corrupt Democratic establishment who is blocking uh, a vote on Medicare for all in the Democrat-controlled House. They're not going to actually use their position that we helped give them, all of us, the movement. They're not actually going to fight with us and fight for us now that they're in there and they have power. Well, if they're not going to do that, then what's the fucking point? And that's when I realized that, like, this whole thing—it really is a grift. Like, it's how the Democratic Party operates, and it's not just. I think the squad. It was personal because it was like they were speaking to the pain of the working class, and they were speaking about the issues we care about, from you know saving the planet to guaranteeing health care to everyone in the country, to raising the, the you know the minimum wage to a living wage, to fighting for universal basic income, to you know defunding the wars. All these issues, and it was like they just – but it's, it's the same thing the Democratic Party does. They, they, don't, they, they don't actually want to solve problems. They just want to fundraise off of problems, and they want to use the pain and plight of marginalized people to fundraise and to get power and to act like they're morally superior to republicans and that's why we vote for them well if you're morally superior and you're better than republicans then why are you continuing to uphold the same status quo policies as republicans why are why with the democrats in charge of the white house the house and senate are we seeing no fundamental change for the people in this country why are you still continuing to protect our decrepit healthcare system why are you still protecting our decrepit capitalist system and bailing out Wall Street and giving more subsidies to big oil companies? You know, if you're morally superior to Republicans, then why aren't you governing like a left party? And that's the truth. The truth is the Democrats don't want to be a left party. They just what they want to continue to be a corporate capitalist party who 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 gives great sound bites on CNN and and continues to pander to the people and fundraise off our pain. But actually, when it comes time to fight. And to fight back against Republicans, Democrats don't ever fight back against Republicans in any meaningful way. They don't ever fight for actual policies that would improve our lives. They just use Republicans to fearmonger, right? And then they go back into government and and collaborate with Republicans and govern with them. So that's when I – the force to vote just – it was revealing to me. It was revealing that this inside strategy of let's change the Democratic Party from within – You know, AOC and even Bernie, like, they don't really have any interest in, in, in changing the Democratic Party. They aren't holding Pelosi's feet to the fire. Even Bernie is not challenging Joe Biden. I mean, he's, he keeps calling Biden his friend, you know, and, and, and although I'll always have a piece in my heart for Bernie, like, he stopped fighting. And, and so if they're not going to fight, then it's up to the movement and it's up to us to fight. So. I'm grateful that the, the, the March for Medicare for All is happening in Washington, D.C. Uh, uh, it's this month, right? At the end of this month,
1: uh, July 30th,
0: oh, excuse me, July 30th, next month. Um, yeah, because someone has to fight. Someone has to hold these politicians accountable. I just don't see a path to progress inside of the Democratic Party. I think if there was a path, it, it would have been, you know, electing the AOCs and, and squads of, of the world. But look where that's gotten us. It's gotten us nowhere. It's gotten us no closer to the policies we need. And let's be real. Like, we don't have any more time to wait. Like, we need change now. Like, this whole idea that we can wait 30 more years, like... Poor and working class people are dying right now from lack of health care, from lack of, of of a living wage, uh, from lack of resources, and we know that our that our brothers and sisters uh, and the and the global working class are dying at the hands of American imperialism. So, like, we don't have time to sit and like wait for the empire to want to reform itself. Like, it, we have to change the system. Uh, so, I'm grateful uh, that for for independent groups like the March for Medicare for All. You know, one of the things I always say is the only way to beat corporate power is. With people power. Uh, Joy, do you see the March for Medicare for All as a way for the people to come together and, and take their power back from a system that has taken so much from us all?
1: I do. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, healthcare is something that literally relates to every single issue. There is not one issue that is not linked to healthcare, there isn't. I mean, every single thing, it is the one issue that all, you know, it just correlates to everything. Um, and, you know, one of the beautiful things about our marches is we had so many different people from all over the country, so many different backgrounds, so many different thought processes, so many different histories, but we were all there for the same reason, healthcare. We don't care about, you know, um, who do you vote for and things like that. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. You support national improved Medicare for all. We want you there with us, period. Every when we say national Medicare for all, we literally mean everyone. And there's, you know, these these pseudo quasi leftists, they're like, well, we don't want to, you know, uh, you know, be with, you know, X, Y, Z and stuff. Stop gatekeeping. Every like literally that's why nothing you're organizing is working because you're.
0: Well, that's what they do every time. I remember when when we were doing force the vote, people were and first of all, people were trying to associate like. The, the, I, I just remember a common talking point was the Boogaloo Boys, and I'm over yeah. here like, who the fuck are the Boogaloo Boys? I've never heard. I've either. never <laughs> heard of the Boogaloo Boys, but this is what they do. They kind of. They go to these extreme talking points to kind of like try to disrupt any movement that wants to bring people from, again, like you said, all walks of life together. I mean, I, we need solidarity with all of the working class, with everyone who wants dignity and justice for all people. I don't give a shit if you voted for Republicans, if you voted for Democrats, if you – whatever. You, know, you called yourself in the past. If you want everyone – if you believe in dignity and justice for all people, if you want to fight for everyone in this country to have health care, I'm with you. Like let's go, and I think that's one of the ways though the duopoly and both of these parties keep their power is you know they divide us and they find all these different ways to divide us. And one of the things I think is so interesting is when they say, oh, you know, the, these people are in your movement or whatever. It's like, uh, have you do? You, are you guys paying attention to this this bu- this Democratic Party that you support and you vote for year after year with no conditions and with no demands and you just vote for them no matter what, no matter how many times they betray the people. Are you aware that like the Democrats literally collaborate with Republicans on every single piece of legislation? And when there is bipartisanship in D.C., that word bipartisanship just means more legislation that, that favors Wall Street and giant corporations and the military industrial complex. Every single piece of legislation, when Democrats and Republicans come together, it means that the people are getting fucked over. That's what it means. That's what bipartisanship in Washington, D.C. and in oligarchy means when both parties are owned by the, the billionaire class and by corporations. It means when they work together, we're fucked. But you know what ha- what it means when the people work together who actually want dignity and justice for all people? It means that we have a path forward. It means that there's hope that we could actually evolve past this corrupt system that we could have a revolution in this country and we could replace this corrupt system once and for all and replace it with a system where dignity and justice for all people is a reality that's what happens when the people work together we can get shit done but when the two corporate parties work together shit gets done all right but it's not getting done for the people it's getting done it's shit's getting done for the billionaire class for the giant corporations for wall street and, and for the pentagon and we've seen the kind of world now that we live in the world we live in that is dominated by greed and dominated by putting profits over people at every at, at, no matter what the consequences that's the world we live in today that is the that's causing the climate to break down it's causing uh you know It's causing all of this pain and hardship in this country. We've got 140 million Americans who are poor or low income. It's causing wars throughout the world. Every problem, major problem you see in this country is a result of the system we have now. And so that's what we need to change. And we're never going to change it with the people who are in charge of preserving it and who are elected to literally preserve it. Both parties, that's their job is just to protect capitalism, protect imperialism, protect the oligarchy, protect the rich. That's their job, no matter what. And so I just – just because one party uses nicer rhetoric and confuses us with with speeches, you know, they they get someone like Obama or Buttigieg to come out and give these fucking speeches with all these fairy tales about democracy that doesn't exist here. Like that's never going to lead to change. So – I'm, yeah, I'm I'm am stoked that this march is happening in, uh, in July 30th. I'm going to try to make it to DC. I couldn't make Yay. it uh, last year, but I am going to try to make it this year. Um, and I know that you that Rokana reached out to you, which of course gives me specul. You know, I, of course, I'm so jaded now, but he wants you to draft a bill that will cancel medical debt in this country. H- how did you get involved in this? And more importantly, how do we hold? roe connor and and all of these politicians to account so they don't just make promises and draft legislation but they also fight for it to make sure that this legislation gets a vote in congress and becomes law
1: well so first i want to say you know yeah it was crazy because roe actually reached out to us and invited us to come to dc to meet with him um we met with him for over an hour um in his office at the capitol um and at first, I just want to say there were no hugs. This was no, hey, buddy. I stayed true to my name, Savage Joy. And I used <laughs> that opportunity to speak for all of my comrades who would love that opportunity. So um, that's the first thing. I kept it real. I was like, this is an opportunity. Thank you. Like, Thank you, Joy. I-
0: Thank you. <laughs> you that's all we need is people that will keep it real. And actually demand accountability from these politicians. That's it. We don't need people. Trust these politicians have enough people kissing their ass, like, exactly. and they've got the corporations kissing their ass and filling their campaign coffers. All we need is honest people that will try to at least hold them accountable.
1: Exactly. So we went there. I I said, you know what? If I'm going, I'm bringing my medical bills. So I brought a huge folder that was literally weighed over five pounds of. Over $15,000 in medical bills just from the past two and a half years with insurance. <laughs> so I was like, look, because the thing is, like I was saying a little bit ago, People are desensitized to numbers. And, well, Khan is a millionaire. You think he's going to understand if I say I'm $15,000 in medical debt? You think he's going to understand that? Of course he's not going to understand that. You know, and I was explaining, I was like, you know, I was fighting for disability for two years. So for two years, I had no income. Not one dime, and all of I had to clean out my four hundred one k of ten years. I had to take out two credit cards. Like I'm trying to explain the severity of what millions of me go through, and you know, so I, you know, he was just like, "Wow!" Like he, it, it really, like, I think sunk in more that he saw me holding this freaking huge ass you know file of like tons of medical bills and you know the more we talked the more I said you know Ro here's the thing I want to point out several things number one Medicare for all national improved Medicare for all is the goal however even if we got that today where does it leave millions of us who are already in medical debt we deserve a fresh start So not only no medical debt from this day forward, it should be medical debt cancellation so that we can all start fresh. We can all begin to thrive, not just exist. And then also I said, you know, there's not a day that goes by that you don't see at least a hundred posts on student debt. When the hell does anyone talk about medical debt cancellation besides me? Yep. I mean, do a search on Twitter. It's me. Well,
0: but we, what I see over and over, though, is is how many people uh, have to open up GoFundMes just to afford life-saving treatment or just to pay off medical bills. I mean, what's happened with our for-profit predatory health insurance system is that literally GoFundMe has become people's insurance, and people shouldn't have to do that. Like, we should live in a country where if you get sick, you can get health Treatment, you can get healthcare, and you don't have to go into debt for that. You know, like we are the richest nation in the world, yet we have 140 million Americans who are living at the margins. And then if they get sick, they're too afraid to go to the doctor because they're afraid of what the bill will look like. And I'll be real with everyone. My, I have healthcare through my partner because he has, like, uh, you know, he's the the what you would call the breadwinner in our family. You know, I'm I'm definitely not, and you know, I am I live at the margins, and I. And my premiums are so expensive for my mental health care treatment just to fill my prescription every month that I take. Like that's with private insurance. Like it's terrible. And I tell him this and he goes – he's like, well, you should just be lucky you have health care. And I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand. Like it's not that. It's that I shouldn't have to – I should be able to afford my health care. And if I can't afford it, then how is everyone else in the country afford it? And I'm going to be also real about this when I got COVID eight days ago and those first 48 hours, I was unsure. Like I couldn't walk to the kitchen. I was so weak. I couldn't walk to the kitchen. I didn't know if I needed to go to the hospital or not. And we, I, I ended up crashing that, you know, going to bed. And then I'm like, if I don't get better, if I don't feel better in the morning, like I need to go to the hospital. Cause I was starting to get shortness of breath. And even though I had the vaccine, I was still having severe symptoms and, like, we shouldn't have to live in that fear of, like, I probably should go to the hospital, but I, I don't want to because I'm scared of what the bill's gonna look like. Like, think of how many Americans right now are suffering in silence because they're too afraid of what the hospital bill will look like. Like, that's the kind of country we live in. And it's disgusting, it's evil, and it's wrong. And the only thing standing in the way of, of healthcare justice are these two corrupt political parties one that just wants to pander to us and say healthcare is a human right, but won't actually fight for it and the other that doesn't even have a healthcare plan, you know? So, like, th- this is the choices we're left with, you know, a party that will that will stab you in the front or a party that will stab you in the back, you know? And I just I, I just thank God that, that people are starting to wake up and thank God that we're starting to fight for ourselves because it's never going to happen if we just rely on, on these two corrupt parties to fight for us because we've seen they don't fight for us. They fight against us. They, they fight for their corporate donors and they fight to enrich themselves, so... I'm glad you held Brocana accountable. And just to let you know, people know like, a little more about what you're going through, uh, Joy, maybe share a little bit of, of that story and, and what, uh, you know, why it's been so hard to deal with, with what you've been going through uh, with our you know, for-profit health insurance system. And, and the message you have to people who are out there, uh, the, there's millions of Americans who are dealing with the criminal prices we are being charged just to receive healthcare in this country. You know, what is your message for them?
1: So um, yeah, uh, about two and a half years ago, I woke up, um, and most of my sight was gone. Um, And it turned out I have a very rare disorder called myopic degeneration. and, And my sight has never come back. Uh, so, I have quite little sight. Um, and, you know, it, to say it's been traumatic is an understatement. Um, I actually worked in healthcare for over a decade and lost my job, which was totally legal because I was contracted. Um, so, I have seen firsthand, you know, all of the disgusting ways that for-profit insurance, you know, has destroyed people's lives. I've worked in medical assistance, in CHIP, in uh, Medicare, uh, Medicaid. I've worked in pre-authorization and, and, I mean, every aspect whatsoever. So I've seen pretty much everything. And, you know, to now be, I mean, I've been a, a national Medicare for All supporter for years, but I never needed it myself. And then, Suddenly, I do, and eye treatments are $12,000 each eye every 30 days. My insurance is giving me a runaround because I'm under the age of 50, and it's very rare disorder. Um, so they're telling me, well, I can't get the treatments until I go through a 90 day appeal process and all this stuff. In the meantime, I'm freaking out because I can't see and all this stuff. And I'm trying to call the insurance company and, you know, you can't get anyone. And when you call, they're like, enter your insurance card number. I can't freaking see it. So that's given me a breakdown. Every time I try to enter it, it's hanging up on me because it's wrong. Um And, you know, it was I still have to learn every day. I I use a white cane now, you know, at 43. I, you know, my life is forever different. And it happened overnight. And Mm -hmm. my story is so not rare. My disorder is, but my story isn't. And that's what I was trying to, you know, to convey with with Roe. And the thing about Roe is I've had him on my show four times. We've known each other for years. Um, And we've met multiple times in person. So, but he has never interacted with me since I've become disabled. So I walked in there with my cane with a whole bunch of medical debt and stuff. And it, you know, he was, I think it, you know, it was pretty apparent that he was thinking, like it really it because of, we already knew each other. Um, but yeah, he said, You know, uh, would it? Um, I said, You know, I know you were a co chair on Bernard's uh 2020 uh campaign, and Bernie's the only person I have ever heard talk about medical debt cancellation. And Ro said, that's interesting, and we talked a little more about it. And he said, "Would you be interested if I reached out to Bernie and talked about doing a bill for that?" And I'm just sitting there, and my heart is like pounding, and I'm like, "Joy, don't get excited!" Like, you know. Um, and I, you know, I was like, "Yes," um, and uh, and he's like. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll reach out to him. I'll tell him about your proposal, et cetera, et cetera. Then uh, we took a picture together. I'm all all four of us, and I'm holding all my medical debt. And he said, "Pin that on your M for M for All uh, Twitter, and put in it that I will be reaching out to Bernie to do this legislation because I want people to know I'm going to do it." And then about a week later, we got an email from Roe that they are drafting it. And this could change millions of lives. So the mere fact that a disabled activist just put this in motion is a big fucking deal. And I wanted people to, to use that to be like, Holy shit, this is what happens when you hold people accountable. Because mm. I went in there and Rose said to me, you know, let's say Biden runs again. Would you vote for him? I looked at him in the eye and said, no, I will not. And he said, Um, even if he's up against Trump, I looked at him in the eye and I said, no, I will not. He said, did you vote for him last time? I said, no. Did you vote for Hillary? No. Like, I'm not funny. Why the fuck am I going to placate to him? And, but in, in the same time, I want to make clear so that people understand. A lot of people say, well, you know what? He's just doing that bill because it's election time. I don't give a fuck. I don't care if someone said, you write that bill, I'll give you a big old steak dinner. I don't give a shit. The fact of the matter is, it's getting done and it could change millions of lives. That's yep. all I don't care about. I don't yep. give a fuck about intention. I don't yep.
2: give a shit.
0: Yeah, at uh, the end it, of the day, the, the it's about it's about changing people's lives. It's it's about changing a system that is destroying people's lives. And you know, look, I'm I, I'm grateful that, that you were that you were honest, that you were sincere, that you that you showed up and, and that you weren't there to like, you know, for a photo op. You were there to like get shit done and you were there to hold uh Uh, Someone accountable and to demand a a policy change. Uh, I think now, though, what we need is it's great that he's drafting it. But what we need now is we need him and everyone else to actually fight for it. And and that is, you know, that is how you can actually change the system by actually getting these politicians to you know, actually fight for uh, the policies that they say they're going to fight for that they promise, you know, during campaign season, you know, that's really the difference. But no, I, I think if we had more people that were, that were like you, that were earnest, that were, that were wanting to make a difference, that, that, that have struggled and knew what it was like to get, have medical debt, to, to be losing your eyesight and have to deal with a fucking corrupt insurance company. Like, all you want to do is make sure you're okay, and you're having to deal with it with a corrupt insurance company who's like, "No, we're not going to get you uh, life saving treatment for your eyes because you need to you need to wait ninety days because you know all the all the bullshit excuses they come up with like this is cruelty, plain and simple. This is a it's system. Violent. It's violence that they, is perpetuated against the people every day. So. You know, look, I if if Democrats want to write good legislation, great. But now they need to actually fight for it and pass it. And we saw with force the vote that they were that you know progressives are unwilling to actually take on Pelosi, to take on Biden, to take on the 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 gatekeepers of the Democratic Party who are stopping uh life changing legislation. So you know we need to continue and in, and. In, in, what I've done is just to remain completely independent from the Democratic and Republican parties and to support any grassroots movement, any socialist party, any so, any movement that is fighting for the poor and the working class and fighting to change this corrupt system. That's where I put my energy into and – you know, that's why I wanted to support the March for Medicare for All and have you on tonight to talk about it, because I know that 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 March for Medicare for All is independent from the Democratic Party. I know you guys are trying to hold them accountable. Um, it's interesting that you guys reached out to AOC and she didn't and she declined. I think that's really revealing. It shows kind of where she is, that, you know, she's continuing to just kind of play politics within the democratic party thinking like that's the path to change uh when i think that there is no path to change unless we fight back against both of these corrupt parties um and that and that's how we're going to get legislation too like by by telling the democrats that you're just going to vote for them they're going to be like okay great thanks for your vote now i'm going to go give more money to wall street like no democrat is ever going to fight for the people as long as the people just sit there and obey them and sit there and, and it's like that's been like the big thing for me the last two years is just to watch how successful the Democrats have been at just defanging the left and getting everyone to obey and submit to their party. And it's like, no, like we need to fight back against this party. We need to demand change from this party. Uh, and, and for me, the way to do that is to vote for third parties and to and to build up other parties. That's personally just what I see as the solution. You know, in addition to demanding, you know, policy from them or demanding they actually fight for us, I think we should demand that out of both parties, but I am a little more cynical. I don't think either party will ever meet the people's needs until the people rise up and demand it in the millions. You know, we need uh, we need millions of people and building a movement that big is 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 as we 've seen it, it, you know Bernie did it, but he did it inside of the party that then co opted and watered it down and so I just think of like all the millions of people Bernie helped wake up at the end of the day, what did that do? you know he, he just kind of funneled people right back into the party and, and funnel and, and got people to just support the Democrats and I just don't think we're going to get anywhere from supporting them. I think we have to challenge them. I think we have to fight back against them. Uh, But I'm grateful that you were able to get Rokana to get to fight for, um, you know, to to draft a a medical debt legislation bill. I think that's important. Now we got to get them to fight for it.
1: That's the thing. And that's where I need the help of of your listeners and stuff. I need I can't do it myself. I need everyone to hold him accountable. Not just me. I need people to tweet at them. Hey, how's that legislation going? Hey, blah, blah, blah. I need people's help. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it so fucking real. You okay. are the only... Okay, uh, my show turns five years old next month. I have done hundreds of interviews. I have been on pretty much every show you can think of. And you are the only person only person who has been willing to have me on to talk about this experience because people in this so-called indie media have been have decided that it's too cool um, to talk about other streamers and to not give a fuck about people who are actually doing the work I sent this info and the picture and the tweet and to everyone like literally everyone and i i didn't even get emojis from most people like like do you, it's it's so mind-blowing it's like well
0: i think we're i think we're in a tough time right now because i think that look i i know you i've i've worked with you i trust you i know you're authentic i know what you're fighting for i know who you're fighting for you're one of the people who helped me wake up you know three years ago so i know what you're about but i just think that the democrats they they've insulated themselves and especially the ones in Washington and especially the kind of you know the organizations and kind of you know the so-called progressive groups who are in DC um you know the justice democrats of the world and and, and those kind of t- they they've just they're, they're so insulated that they don't realize that like People don't like the Democratic Party, especially right now with how things just keep getting worse in our country. And there's so many people who are struggling. So I, I think what the Democrats don't realize and don't see is that their brand, this brand they think they have is completely tarnished. And there was a poll out uh, about two weeks ago uh, that it was an NBC poll, and, and it, the Democratic Party's approval rating was 33%. And it was three points lower than the Republican Party's approval rating, which is at 36 percent. Do you know how fucking bad you have to be to have a lower approval rating than the Republican Party? And that is what happens, though, when you tell your voters to fuck off for over a decade. That's literally what the Democrats have done. The, 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 the leadership in the party, they don't give a shit about everyday people. They want to continue to fearmonger. They want to continue to use these tra- tragedies. Look what they did with, with the whole uh, you know, Roe v. Wade thing. They don't, they, they're not sitting there trying to fight for to codify a, abortion rights and to codify a woman's right to choose. If they would, they would have done that under Obama when he had a majority. They want to use these issues, these crises – they want to use them to fundraise off of and use them to scare people to vote for them. And I just think people are so fed up and struck, are in so much pain, economic pain, and so fucking sick of it that they're just sick of the excuses. They're sick of like, here the Democrats have the majority yet again, and they can't do anything because of the parliamentarian, parliamentarian. Like, who the fuck is this parliamentarian? (laughs) Like, oh, they can't do anything because of Joe, of Joe Manchin. Oh, you mean the Joe Manchin that y'all supported? Like when a progressive challenger uh, tried to run against him two years ago? Like, people are just so sick of the excuses. People have woken up to the fact that like, there's always going to be a Joe Manchin that the democrats use as a scapegoat for the reason that they can't fight for everyday people when we know the real reason they won't fight for us is because they're too busy fighting for wall street and fighting for the military industrial complex and fighting for their corporate donors people know now how corrupt the party is and so i think if anything and, and and that's what i you know we what we need is to bring everyone together it's not the people's fault that that we've been duped by these democrats right like there are some good people I know who are still trying to change the party. And in my heart, I know you can't change the, the Democrats from within, but I'm like just waiting for them to figure it out. Just like I figured it out. And I know you w- w- wouldn't vote for someone like Joe Biden, but I-, I think it's great that you are using your platform and your power to go and demand uh Ro Khanna to write a medical debt legislation bill. Now I think we need to hold them accountable. Um, and I think that, that, I I mean I I'm very happy to help and I hope everyone who's listening will will hold his feet to the fire. I think if we had that kind of accountability or if we if we knew that we could actually get stuff done, I think people would be like okay, maybe it's worth my effort and time. But right now I just don't see why anyone would give any money to the Democratic Party. I don't see why anyone would vote for the Democratic Party. They haven't earned our trust, our respect. They're not fighting for us. They're, they, you know, it's, it's broken promise after broken promise. And it's, and it's this fear mongering of like, well, if you don't vote for us, then the Republicans will win. And I'm over here like, okay, so, well, when the Republicans are in power, things suck. And now the Democrats are in power and things still suck. So like, It's not working anymore. Like you can't just scare us into voting for you anymore. And I think people are are catching on to that. So I think if if there was any independent media streamers who didn't want to talk to you, I just think that there's the people are fed up with the Democrats. And it's like they want to see action, and we're not seeing any action. We're seeing more excuses, more fundraising emails, and now they're using this whole gun violence thing. And and the truth is, like the Democrats don't care about gun violence. They care about using gun violence to get power and to fundraise. But they, you know, again, they just I don't think they have the trust of the American people. And I don't think that they are a viable path forward. But again, I will gladly, uh, you know, help hold them accountable and demand that they fight for legislation. That's their fucking job. Like newsflash. Like it's the Democrats and Republicans job to legislate for the people, not to legislate for their corporate donors. It's so fucking ridiculous that we have to, like, spend so much energy and time you know, getting them to do their damn jobs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we also met um, the day after meeting with Roe in D.C. We met with uh, Pramila Jayapal's legislative assistant. Um, and I was just a savage. I said, um, well, first thing, yeah. it was funny when we sat down, I presented her the all my medical bills and I said, can you please take a picture of this and text this to Pramilia, Pramila? Pramila. So she did. I was like, I'll just right out the gate, take a picture and text it to her. Good. So I sat there and I watched her. So but then I was like, OK, so here's a few things that really bother me, especially as a disabled person and as an organizer and activist. She push she puts tweets like, how would Medicare for all change your life? And I said, number one, it's condescending. Number two, we know damn right well she ain't reading those you know, those comments. And then I also said, I don't appreciate how she gave Joe Biden a grade of an A. I said, I don't like how she tweets about they deserve a pat on the back because they're fighting to lower Medicare to age 60. When she wrote a bill saying it should go back to age zero. And I just I brought it all out. I just went down the line. I'm like, this is not OK. This is not OK. And I said, you know, I'm really over people. I mean, she wasn't in D.C. That's why she offered to meet her legislative assistant, which was nice. She didn't have to do that. Um, but I said, you know, I'm really sick of, of so many of the people who got back to us like, well, you're not our constituent. Let me actually correct that. we are because when you're in the fucking Congress or the Senate, your votes affect all of us, so I don't give a flying fuck if I live in your state. I am your constituent, period, yeah. we all are
0: well so- and i'm try I'm tired of them like per- per- like pretend like making it seem like we're all dumb, like you know uh hello, we watch how you vote. Like I watched Pramila, I watched the squad, I watched Bernie fucking Sanders vote to send $50 billion worth of weapons to a war zone, to Ukraine, they, when they don't have any money and aid for the poor and unhoused people in this country, when they won't fight for everyone in this country to get guaranteed health care, when they're not out there fighting for black and, for black people to get reparations. Like where where is the money for the American people who are struggling? You know, and so that's for me, like when I finally saw that it it was just all they care about is fundraising and, and, and we can see what they're doing. Like I can see you AOC, I can see you, you know, I can see you, uh, jamal bowman like you're not fighting back against biden you're not fighting back against pelosi if anything they've become apologizers for the democratic party like you said when pramila jayapal gave joe biden an a plus and aoc said he was exceeding expectations i'm like what the fuck are these people talking about like joe biden is continuing the same policies as trump like he's trying to privatize medicare right now like, here we are trying to fight for everyone to have guaranteed health care, and, and the people in this country who do have guaranteed health care, people who are 65 and older, right now we're seeing an attack on Medicare. We are seeing Democrats and Republicans try to privatize it even more and more, and that's why you're seeing this Medicare Part A, Part B, Part C. It's called Part Scam. It's all a fucking scam. They're literally trying to privatize and take away Medicare. Like, people that paid into Medicare, we pay into it with every fucking paycheck. And now the government is trying to take that away. They're trying to privatize it. Like, that is how motherfucking corrupt it is in Washington. So I just think we're so far beyond the point of like platitudes. And, and speeches like platitudes don't put food on anyone's table platitudes don't give anyone health care platitudes aren't going to stop racial injustice platitudes aren't going to stop the climate crisis like we got major problems and all the Democrats want to do is send out fundraising emails and ask us to vote for them no matter what. I don't think so. Like, I don't know how dumb you think some people are, but I ain't that dumb anymore. I'm not your guy no more. Like, I fell for that trap for 18 years. I gave them my vote unconditionally for 18 years. I ain't voting for another Democrat again, period. Like, and I, and and the more they play this game of trying to fear monger us and, oh, the Republicans are so bad. All I see right now is two Republican parties, if I'm being frank. Like, yep. what's the difference? What's the fucking difference? Joe One Biden a is blue
1: bow.
0: Joe Biden is Donald Trump with nicer rhetoric. Like we don't have mean tweets anymore. You know what I mean? But it's still the same. It's still the same shitty policies. It's still the same racist policies, frankly. It's still the same policies that are against the working class, that are against yep. the poor. We still got more money for the police. But Joe Biden's given more money to the police than Donald Trump. Like it's insane to me. More There's money more for the military.
1: Than more
0: kids in cages. More kids in cages. It's so crazy to me how nothing, all the scary shit that was going to, was supposed to happen if Trump won re-election, guess what? It's still happening, but now Biden's the president and their solution is to just keep voting for them no matter what. I mean, this is, this to me, it's like we're, we're literally controlled by two cults. It's the blue mega cult and the red mega cult. It's literally two cults.
1: Yeah. And I didn't vote for the first time in 25 years last month first time in 25 years, I said, you know what, I'm fucking done. There is not one single person I would want to vote for. So fuck it. You want my vote, you earn it. You tell me what you you tell me what you're going to do. This one local girl was texting me. Oh, I, you know, I know who you are. You know, you've done a lot of marches and stuff in Harrisburg. I've seen you blah, blah, blah. I'm running for Congress. I said, Okay, let me check out your website. I go to her website. Healthcare isn't on it. I'm not talking about no Medicare for all. I'm talking about health care was not on her website.
2: I was
0: like, they, they, oh they my stu-
1: god. They think
0: we're stupid. Like they literally and, and I think that, that that so many people have woken up. I think that's what Trump did. Trump woke me up. I mean, I voted for I, I I was a good little obedient Democrat in 2016. I voted for Bernie in the primary, but then I voted for Hillary in the general. And, you know, but then when Trump happened, you know, it just it woke me up because it was like all the shit Trump was doing that was bad. Liberals were outraged during the Trump presidency when the kids were in cages, you know, when when the when when the endless wars were happening, uh, when we had big giveaways to corporations. Well, now that Biden's doing all the same shit, the kids are still in cages, the wars are still happening, we're sending money, we're sending weapons, billions of dollars of weapons to a war zone, which isn't gonna end the war in Ukraine. Let's be clear about that. If you wanna end a war, the only path to peace is diplomacy. You don't go send 50 billion dollars in weapons and think that you're gonna all of a sudden end the war. That's just gonna prolong the war even more and end up with more people getting killed. But the Democrats don't care about that, nor do the Republicans. What they care about are the weapons manufacturers who are making billions of dollars off this war in Ukraine. You always got to follow the money in this political system. Follow the money because big money controls everything in Washington. It controls – every vote in washington it controls what the politicians are voting for big money big business wall street they have a stranglehold over our government and until we can wake more people up and have independent socialist movements that challenge power that that tell these politicians to go fuck themselves that we are not voting for them that we we demand dignity and justice for all people and that is health through health care through living wages through guaranteed income and yes, reparations for for people who have been harmed in, in the past in this country, all of it. We need all of it. We need to cut the war of spending, all of it. And the thing is, when you look at it, Democrats don't want to do any of it. Like we we've got them, they've got the whole government right now, and they don't support one transformative policy that's going to give more economic power to marginalized people or to poor people or to working class people. They haven't passed one bold policy, not even one. All they want to do is use the pain and plight of marginalized people to fundraise and get power. And so, and if someone is, you know, I'm gay, so I mean, I guess that's part of a marginalized community, but what I've seen from the LGBTQ community is nothing but getting co-opted. And it's like, oh, you're gay, so you have to vote for Democrats. No, like, no. Like, I want to vote for a party and for politicians who will actually stand with and fight for the people. And no one in Washington does that. So I, they, none of them are getting my support. Like I'm just so sick of how they use they, – they use the, the the gay community. They use the black community. They use women. They use marginalized people and say, oh, we, we got you. Then they get power and what do they do? They stab us all in the back. They don't give a shit about us. And I'm like, how many more election cycles are people going to fall for it?
1: And that's what – I also want people to think about this. Like – You want to know not just money in politics, but why we don't have health care, why we don't have student loan uh, debt forgiveness and why we don't have a federal job guarantee military. Why do people go in the military for health care, for a job, for free college? That's why. Who the hell is going to fight their fucking wars if we get all those things that we deserve?
0: That's right. And that, but, I mean, and that is just how sick and evil our system is, that, we're, that, that our system uses poor and working class people to go fight these endless wars that just make the rich even richer. Because these wars I'm aren't kidding. fought for freedom and, and democracy. That's bullshit. These wars are, are fought to enrich the American oligarchy, to enrich the handful of oligarchs who control the American economy. That's why these wars happen. And, and they and call been,
1: it the defense budget who the fuck are we defending nobody's coming at us what what does that even mean and you know i posted an article a few days ago an article came out breaking down where the money is going that we're sending to ukraine we are paying for their fucking health care
0: it's so disgusting it's so disgusting and all of us who who were opposed to giving away billions of dollars We're called Russian propagandists and Putin assets, all because we want to we want diplomacy. We want peace. We do not want any more wars. I mean, Joe Biden has the biggest platform in the world. He should be using his the office of the presidency to demand peace talks and to demand Putin come to the table. I haven't heard Joe Biden mention the word peace talks once. All I've heard is missiles and chaplains. He's fucking doing photo shoots at Lockheed Martin with yep. the CEO of Lockheed Martin. Like, oh, oh, look at this, making missiles in America. Oh, f- oh, that's fucking great. You're gonna go blow, help blow up the world. And actually, there was an article that came out today. From Interpol, from the chief uh, executive at Interpol, who said that a lot of the weapons that we're sending to Ukraine are ending up in the hands of criminals and that our Congress better start tracing these weapons. So we've already been warning that, that Ukraine is the only, one of the only governments that has an active neo-Nazi battalion in its military, yep. the Ostaf Battalion. They are, they are full-fledged Nazis. They are proud of their Nazism. Not only are weapons ending up in their hands, but weapons are also now I- ending up in the hands of criminals because people in Ukraine are selling these javelins on the black market. And there was one that got posted today for $30,000. I mean, are you fucking kidding? We've got the Democrats sending billions of dollars of weapons that they're not tracing that are now going to end up in, in, in more you know, rogue regimes and in the hands of criminals – that are going to go and harm and hurt more poor and marginalized people abroad. But then guess what? Then this is more reason for the military to go keep fighting these wars. And and so it's like, we're creating the boogeyman, that, 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 then the Congress would be like, oh, we have to go fund another war and stop you know, these bo- they, these people over here. Well, America creates these, these boogeymen by sending all these weapons in the first place, by destabilizing these regions, by going into these regions and exploiting these countries for their natural resources. What do you think people do and all of a sudden they see American tanks rolling through their country? You think they're like, oh, great. Thank you for bringing democracy to my country. Thank you for dropping another bomb. No, they're not thinking that. Like how dumb do you have to be? How well conditioned and propagandized by the U.S. Empire do you have to be to think that we're bringing democracy to other nations when we're dropping bombs on them? I mean that just shows you.
1: Out of Somalia. Yeah, we're we're invading Somalia.
0: We're invading Somalia right now, but Biden decided to invade them again, and it's because of oil reserves that they have. So. You know it's just it's crazy to me. we're so far away from anything that resembles dignity and justice for the people in this country and also for the people who are affected by American imperialism abroad. and we're just supposed to sit here and, and thank the Democratic Party for not doing a fucking thing and for governing just like Trump did. Like I don't think so. So no, I'm grateful for for you, joy. I'm grateful that you've always used your platform to make people think, to challenge the, the both of these corrupt parties. Uh, to demand Rokana to to write a, a, a medical debt cancellation bill, I think that's fantastic. I think we need to hold his ass to the fire, though, and we need to light a fire under his ass because I don't think he's going to, you know, fight to get that passed, and I don't think he's going to make Pelosi pass it uh, unless we we continue to to, to challenge him. Uh, but Absolutely. look, I, I think you know we should not uh, turn down any uh, any avenues uh, and any possibilities for there to be change uh i just personally don't think it's ever going to happen until we can get millions of people to rise up against both of these corrupt parties and, I, just and we can don't, have
1: a, I don't know if that's feasible like we yeah well i mean we and r- we and,
0: I mean, and the reason we do that i mean how do they they keep us so sedated right i mean with mindless entertainment and these fabricated tales of democracy that both politicians spin i mean it, they keep the American population very sedated. So most of the people just think, Oh, like it's not that bad when like, no, no, it's fucking bad. Like people, I get messages. The hardest part that breaks my heart, the hardest part of having just a little show and having like a little bit of followers on Twitter is all the private messages I get because I literally don't have the capacity to help everyone who's suffering. I wish I could, you know, and that's what really pisses me off about these Democrats. Cause they, they sit and they use the, the people suffering to be like, oh, you got to vote for us because we're going to we're going to relieve your suffering. We're going to help you. And then I hear from people. I, get, I got a message yesterday from someone who like whose partner just had cancer and they can't afford, uh, you know, they can't afford the, the, the medical bills and they don't know what to do. And so I just said, you know, well, let's, get, let's start a GoFundMe. You know, that's the only thing I could think of. Like, I mean, it's like but I said, go get treatment. You like, get the treatments, get the fucking treatments like your partner's life matters even though our system tells them it doesn't like it does and you know it's like that's breaks my heart seeing how many people suffer and struggle shit i suffer and struggle and i know if i'm struggling then like there's millions of people who are out there struggling you know and, and so please it, have it,
1: that person reach out to me because i'll, I'll see what i can do and i'll absolutely promote and um see if i can get some resources or or what um, but Definitely. yeah, I mean, I I get. I, I meant to say this like, earlier.
0: Do, is there any questions? Does anyone want to uh, come in and we can take a question? Uh, you have a question for Joy? Please, don't be shy. That's I'll be nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm actually, you know, it's funny when people meet me in li- in real life. They're like, "You're actually really sweet," and I'm like, "I'm only a bitch politically. I swear." <laughs>
0: I'm a pretty nice guy, too. But, you know, I mean, I'm, that's kind of really what kind of guides my just my polit- politics and my activism is just compassion and wanting, uh, you know, it's like, what's the point of just, you know, I've had great opportunities in my life. I got to go to college. I have health care. You know, I have a partner who loves me. I, I, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I worked in business. I found out I hated corporate finance. Uh, so then I, you know, I, I don't have a big corporate job anymore. So I don't make money, but I do, you know, I, I and working in just and doing activism in grassroots and grassroots and trying to hold, you know, politicians accountable and, and try to get you know, and, and doing independent media and exposing the corruption of our system. I mean it's it's way more rewarding than anything I used to do. Um, But, you know, that's really – I mean, everyone deserves – what's the point? Like, what's the point of us all being here if it's just like, oh, I got to go and get as much shit as I possibly can? Like, I want to go make more money than everyone else. And then what? Like, isn't the point to, like, help everyone? Isn't the point that, like, we're all connected and we all – and and, and it's like for me, it's like until we're all doing better, no one's doing better. You know, until we're all free, nobody's free. And I just don't understand this whole idea that, like – Everyone's out there trying to out exploit each other or out enrich each other and I'm like like we don't live in a rich society when you've got millions of people who are poor and struggling just to meet their basic needs. This society is not rich, it's greedy, it's evil, it's backwards, it's corrupt. Like, you know, and then I look at other nations who are who are very rich in spirit and who are connected and who who care about the land and care about about the people. And we're seeing lots of socialist movements in South America right now. We're seeing them in Africa. We're seeing people rise up throughout the world and fight for a better quality of life not just for themselves, but for their entire community. And, and in America we're also so individualized and we're also separated and we're all and we're told that we all need to fight against each other and compete against each other. And I'm like look what that, that's resulted in. Like, is this world, is this country happy? Is this, like, I don't see the average person in this country happy. I don't even think the people at the top of the system are that fucking happy. No. Who are just busy exploiting everyone. Like, how can you be happy when your entire paycheck is made up of exploiting the working class? Like, how the fuck are you happy? I mean, maybe they're just psychotic and evil, which which many of them are, but... In essence, like when, I, I just don't understand when it's going to kick in that like what happens in, in any community affects all of us, and, and we're all connected. And I just wish that, that more people thought that way. And I think until they do, especially in this country, we're just going to see more individualism, more capitalism, more greed, more imperialism, more destruction uh, uh, until we reach a tipping point. And I just can't believe we're not there yet. Absolutely.
1: Oh, Absolutely. we got callers.
0: We got callers. Here we go. Uh, Renee, you're on. Just go ahead and unmute yourself.
3: Hi, Ryan. Hi, Joy. It's pronounced Hi. Rena. Oh, excuse uh, me, Rena. No, no, no problems. Uh, just wanted to say hello to you both. Uh, Joy followed the March for Medicare for All carefully. You did a great job. I know you weren't alone doing the job, but you were the smart plug for it. And uh, shameful how little. Um big politician uh assistance you got with any of that it was just bullshit and ryan i've enjoyed your Twitter feed for a very long time it's so hilarious to me that that you get roundly condemned almo- almost every day. I think it's you and susan susan Sarandon um well i guess you just i guess you just want the Republicans to win, I guess you just want the Republicans yeah. to win. I was so sick of all of the bullshit. Uh glad you woke up to who the Democrats are. I woke up a little before you did, but then I'm quite a lot older. Uh Obama woke me up. So I, you know, mm. I I like to use the hashtag Thanks Obama. Uh and I found <laughs> found a lot of like-minded people in about the year 2009 and I haven't been a registered Democrat mm. since I did re up so that I could vote for Bernie twice in the primaries or the caucuses, which we had one of each here where I live. And, uh, other than that, yeah. And I will vote. I live in a red state. I live in Nebraska. I will vote for Democrats in this state because they actually are better than the Republicans, but on a, on the national level, uh, Presidential level, I'm with you. I'll, I will, I will never vote for either party again. I've had three straight uh, presidential elections where I voted for the Green Party and I can keep doing that for however long I keep voting. And,
0: uh, yep. I voted Green and, in 2020 and it felt great.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't have, I don't have, I, and I wouldn't have cared if Trump had won again. You know, I, I, I told, I told any any of my friends who would listen to me, I guarantee you that Biden won't do anything. I did think that he would handle COVID better than Trump would. But I have to say that very low bar, he managed to not clear. So uh...
1: yeah. I'm with you. I thought that, too. <laughs> yeah he has well he it has just all of a sudden thing. they just
0: started pretending it's, like COVID doesn't exist anymore because because yeah, you know. know some polls came out that you know after two years i get it like we're all frustrated and the lockdowns were hard and like everyone like i you know we all just want to get back out there but the truth is like we're getting back out there and and me and my partner just got COVID eight days ago and i'm not saying this to scare anyone but like it you don't not want to get it like it And I'm vaxxed. I'm double vaxxed. It fucking sucked. Like I'm yeah. It was intense. I was very close to going to the hospital. I mean I was I was in tears seven nights ago. And I'm forty years old. I'm I'm you know, healthy, you know, pretty active. Um and no that like their whole plan has just been like let's just pretend it's not happening anymore because it's unpopular. Well of course it's unpopular. Nobody wants to you know live with this. It's it sucks, but you can't just pretend it doesn't exist. And now they're actually not even covering healthcare costs for people who who might need to get help. And it just it's so cruel to me. Like I knew that nothing would fundamentally change if Biden got elected. Uh, and in fact, like now we're kind of locked in for eight years. If Trump had gotten reelected, it would have only been four years. And then we could have tried to get an independent or, you know, a real bold progressive into office. Now it's like everyone's back into the whole, oh, Democrats are just the lesser evil. And I'm like, uh, I used to think they were the lesser evil. Now I think they're the more effective evil because yeah, they're very good line. at deceiving people. They really are. Line. I mean, they they they're not they They don't. And who? Listen. Who created Trump in the first place? What led people? Obama. I didn't vote for Trump. Obama who, exactly. Like Trump. you, and Nobody wanted to accept it. Like, how do people get so desperate? They were desperate enough to vote for a fucking con man. And they were because they understand that like, things weren't getting better no matter who is president in this country, whether it's Bush or Clinton or you know, Obama. Like, shit doesn't get better. And you can't lie to poor and working class people. They know. Their pocketbooks tell them. You know, like it's like we're fucked no matter who's in office. And so I think people just wanted to blow up the system. And now we're at a stage where like, I just wonder, I, I it's a question I ask myself every day. Would we be better off if this entire system just blew up so then we could build a better system, you know, from the ashes of it? Because until it goes away – it's, it's always going to be led by, you know, the corporations are always going to control the system. They're always going to put their profits above the basic needs of humanity. You know, we're always going to, working class people are always going to be slighted. The only time we ever had change in this country was maybe the New Deal. And even that wasn't that great. And it was kind of like a temporary band-aid. And, and now all the gains from that were, were essentially gone. And the corporations have, have, have more power than they've ever had. And I just don't – I don't know. I don't see a path to change within this system. I think the system will implode eventually. Uh, it's not a matter of if I want it to. I just don't think it's sustainable to continue at this rate.
3: Couldn't I argue, couldn't argue with any of that. I will say that I think capitalism we, – we're going to have to end capitalism before capitalism ends all of us. But the frightening yeah. thing about it, in my I opinion, is the – the future communist revolution or whatever happens, you know, I lean, I lean in the communist direction myself. So hopefully that's what happens, but it could very well be a fascist revolution too. And we could actually end up worse off than we are now. So I don't know. Scary. You know, know what Um, scares
0: me. You're hitting, you're hitting the nail on the head. What, what terrifies me is that, I am am a Marxist. I I am a socialist uh, and a communist myself, too. I I believe in organizing society around uh, the working class, around communities, not around uh, big business. Uh, and around uh, maximizing the profits of a few. I just think it's resulted in the chaos that we see today. But what really scares me is how well the, the corporations have over the past century, how well they've demonized socialism and how well, I mean, that, that fear tactic of it. I mean, they're literally scaring people away from a society where the a society where, where the people are in power and, and, and a society that is organized around people, not profits. Like, what is scary about that? But that, they've done it very well. And what's, what what you just said that struck a chord with me is that we're closer to having a fascist revolution in this country than we are to having a socialist revolution. Like, we're Absolutely. much closer to having a yeah. far-right revolution than we are to having a real left-wing you know, people revolution. And that's really fucking scary. And that shows you how backwards this country is.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. I try try and maintain some hope here, but I, I think it could go, well, it could go either way. And I'm afraid, I don't know. We don't have much of a left in this country. And no, no, No. that's, that's been the plan and it's worked. It's been systematically dismantled. Maybe the yep. resurgent labor unions and some of the other stuff that's going on will will bring it around. But uh, I'm not a wild eyed optimist about it. But fingers crossed. Yep. And just but wanted I think to both it, to you know, you know that I appreciate stop. your work.
0: I, and, and I appreciate so your much. call so much. I, I, I was just going to add on to what you're saying. I think. You know, you can't solve a problem if you don't first identify what the problem is. And I think the majority of liberals in this country have no idea that the Democratic Party is not even a left party. You know, it is a right-wing capitalist and imperialist party. Uh, It does not support an economy that works for everyone. It does not support healthcare for everyone. It does not support any socialist policies. And yet you have another Uh, Right wing party, the Republicans who sit and demonize the Democrats as being socialist. And, And why they do that is it just it just it keeps the political spectrum in America continuing to move even further right because if you can call what the democrats are socialist when nothing about the democrats is socialist it literally it 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 creates a country where no matter who wins and the election whether it's the 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 blue corporate party or the red corporate party the you know the corporations and, and oligarchs they win either way and the people always lose and so they've gotten the people to buy into that though and and that to me is what's really sad and you know i have friends who are like well ryan You're so it it seems a little extreme that you want to be that you're a socialist. What about social democracy? And I always tell them this. It's very I go. If you want social democracy, you would get there by having a strong socialist communist party. And then you could have a, a right wing party like the Republicans. When you have a capitalist party and a socialist party together, that makes social democracy. But right now we have two right wing capitalist and imperialist parties. And that makes a corporate oligarchy. So like if you want if, the, the, the path to – if say if you're not as extreme as me and you think, oh, socialism is just way too radical. The way to get there is to fight for socialism. I guarantee you the capitalists are going to be a lot quicker to make – uh concessions to us if we're in the street with with communist flags and telling them we're coming for the means of production we are coming we are overthrowing (laughs) these corporations we are putting worker councils in charge of every corporation we are literally uh throwing out the ceos we are throwing out the shareholders we are we are taking it all over i guarantee you you're going to see these corporations and these ceos be like okay fine Like, let's compromise. But right now you've got uh, what's occupying the space of where a socialist party should be are these fucking Democrats who aren't socialists at all. they, They are corporatists to their core. They want to continue to play cut us with platitudes and speeches and just give more money to Wall Street and, and govern just like Republicans. And that's why, I mean, I see other people kind of venturing into the third party game and I see different people. I'm not feeling like I want to name names tonight, but I see them and it's like, it's just another capitalist party. Like, we do not need, the, like, we already have two capitalist parties.
2: That's Number the problem. 10.
0: We don't need another capitalist party. We need a party that is, that is for the workers, that is for the people, that is socialist. That's what it means. I don't care if you're scared of the word. That's literally the opposite of a system that is built on, on exploiting the labor of the few to enrich, uh, you know, the, the, the ruling class. And that's what capitalism is. It is a, it is a system of exploitation. It is a system that says, okay, let's exploit the labor of the poor and working class to enrich, uh, the ruling class. And they just use a lot of illusions and fairy tales about democracy to get people on board. And, and, and they make sure that there's a liberal class that gets, the, you know, a managerial class that makes just enough to kind of tell everyone below them to kind of obey and, and, and follow the system. And I just think we're at a place, like you said, where I just don't think it's sustainable uh, in 50 years, 100 years. So we're kind of leading the way. It's scary. It's different. I think, But I think that it's the only path to change. I don't think... You change a system that's built on greed and exploitation by, you know, any other way but socialism. Socialism, excuse me. Okay, let's take our next caller.
1: Thank you, Rina.
0: Jorge, you are on. Unmute yourself. And I hope I didn't screw up your name. If it's not Jorge, I apologize. Ah, uh, click that little red icon, uh, the the microphone icon on your phone, and it should unmute you, and you should be able to speak. Do you see that little uh, red icon? Mm, let's see. Sorry, guys. Oh. Technical difficulties. Um, sorry, I'm trying to add you to speak. It's not letting me. Let's go with this one. Go ahead. You're on. If you just unmute yourself and ask a question for Joy or myself. Hi.
2: Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yeah. You're on. Uh, just like a really quick basic point that's probably been said a million times. But it it seems to me that like the biggest problem that America and even Canada – I'm calling from Canada – has with accepting socialism is people automatically associate socialism with um like anything that's not democracy they and they think that by its nature capitalism is democracy like people who aren't in involved in politics are not interested in politics they think they're the same thing and I don't know. It's it's almost like um, if you're not a person who's interested in politics, as soon as you hear socialism, you automatically think. Well, they automatically think communism a lot of the time, and along with that, you think, "Oh, we don't get the vote anymore." You know, the government gets to control of what we say. They think all these like social controls as opposed to um, economic like tools and, and differences. Um and I think that's what kills any sort of socialist push in America. So people just don't understand the difference between democracy and capitalism. They think if we get rid of capitalism, we don't have democracy anymore.
1: Hmm. You are well, 100% I think that's a good point. right. And that's Which why is ironic, right? free because education.
0: <laughs> I think it's ironic cuz I think our capitalist system is what is uh, leading us what led us to an oligarchy which is not democracy, which is that our elections are are bought by the corporations and our politicians are bought by the corporations uh, who then in turn uh, write legislation that benefits uh, the corporations who buy them right so we capitalism has has not led to democracy uh, and and what democracy is is a government that is of by and for the people it is uh, it is where people get to. Well, direct democracy is where people have the power and authority to actually legislate themselves, and representative democracy is when people get to choose their elected officials. And uh, some people think that uh, – they, they well, Democrats call the United States a representative democracy, but – how are we, uh, you, you're not really picking the elected officials when, uh, in the last election cycle in 2020, $14 billion was spent uh, on the election. Uh, and so what we have are elections where corporate money and, and, and money from the billionaire class is put into the elections to essentially buy them and buy our politicians. Uh, and so essentially we're not picking our own politicians. Uh, so it's, it, our system at its core, is very anti-democratic and there's been study after study, which shows that, that especially in the United States, there was a study by uh, the Princeton, review that, that the average American has no impact on any policy that's written in DC and, and who writes the policies in DC are the corporate lobbyists uh, who the corporations pay to influence our politicians. Uh, and so yeah, I mean, and, and when you look at what socialism is, socialism is essentially, it, it is an economic system, but socialism at its core is democratic because what it means is it means that instead of a handful of billionaires controlling the economy, is socialism means that, that the workers would control the economy, that the workers would own the means of production. So essentially, the, uh, the workers would own and control their own work. So y- you would own your own labor. Y- your labor would not be, you know... Someone like Jeff Bezos, you cannot make a billion dollars. You exploit your way to a billion dollars. Jeff Bezos himself could not go out and deliver billions of products to market. What he does is he, he exploits labor and he uses labor to deliver the products to market for him. What, what socialism says is, no, there's no one that is exploiting labor above us. We own our own labor. We are in control of our own destiny. Uh, it, it is very democratic. It is the people in charge – uh, the people would be in charge of our communities, not uh, corporations and, and the politicians they elect. So, yeah, it, it, you're right on. I think that there's been a lot of fear mongering around socialism. I just think that right now the best mar- the, the best um, uh, sales pitch for, for socialism is really capitalism in and of itself because if capitalism was working – then people wouldn't be so upset, right? We wouldn't have so many problems. There wouldn't be this much unrest. And I find that it's easier for me to talk to conservatives, even uh, working-class conservatives, and when they really understand what socialism is and and that that it is not about government control, it's about the workers having control, that, that they can get on board with that. Um, but yeah, I think you, you pose a great thing. I think that that there's a reason the billionaires and and the and the corporations have demonized socialism for the last hundred years because it takes power away from 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 them, and and, and that's in essence what these corporations want. They want power, and anything that's a threat to their power, they're going to fight against. And there's no bigger threat to the power of oligarchs and corporations, uh, and and, and politicians than socialism. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
2: Anyways, I just wanted to make that point.
0: Thanks.
1: Absolutely. Right, well, you're spot on. Thank you.
0: Uh, Jorge, did, did we ever get Jorge to speak or, or George? I, I didn't know if it was Jorge or George apologies if I butchered your name, but, um,
1: looks like the red button is still, there. He oh. is. There you go. Can you hear me now?
0: Yes, I can yes. hear you.
4: Hey, Ryan. Uh, enjoy. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Uh, thank you so much. I, uh, I am 52 years old. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Uh, down there, I voted a few times, uh, but the, the, as you know, you know the politics there is this different. Majorly, they have over there right now two, uh, two Democrat par- Democratic parties, like 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 the Dem- Dem- Democrat parties here, and I think they still have an independent. At one point, we also have a Socialist Party. That was when I was growing up. Uh, my question is, well, it's a comment for Joy and a question for you. Uh, Joy, I remember growing up in Puerto Rico. My parents, sometimes they used to take us to public um, hospitals. So I don't know if we ever had that here in mainland or that just disappeared or what happened there?
1: We actually, the, the closest thing to that would be um, like a... Uh, Like free clinics. That would be the closest thing. And they are incredibly understaffed. um, And they have pretty much no resources. Um, They can do like you'll go there and they'll like, you know, they may be able to give you a bandage or, or something like that. But they're, you know, that's, that's pretty much as good as it gets, unfortunately, and they have very limited hours.
4: Okay, but we don't, uh, they also have, and, and they still have it right now, it's, uh, they call it la reforma, which is like a safety net. Let's say if I'm working and I lose my job, uh, there's there's an insurance there. And I have some friends on it with chronic conditions that will suck, you know, the life out of you if, if you're paying here. Uh, and they're doing very fine. So I don't know, I was wondering if if, if that ever happened, but you said the
0: person would be a clinic,
4: right?
1: Right. Yeah, we definitely don't have anything like that.
0: I mean, some states, you know, I, I used to live in California and and they you know, there was, you know, some public health centers that they did create. They they had their version of Medicare called MediCal, cal uh, Medicare right. for all that they would offer to to people who, you know, could not afford coverage. Um, I actually was on Medi-Cal for two years. It was better than than any other coverage I had had. I mean, there's been times in my life where private insurance, like even when you have private insurance, again, if you're comfortable and and you it, it might work for some people. It was always too expensive for me um, i I have uh, depression and ADHD, so I have to take certain medications they 're very expensive um, and actually, on Medical, um, I had pretty decent coverage but this is just i mean this was a this is actually one good thing policy they had in california i don 't know if they still have it um, I know that that they again California is Majority Democrat, and even though uh, it is a majority Democrat state, they have a supermajority. They would not vote on a single payer health care bill. Uh, they could not even get, you know, like a state version of Medicare for all. Um, I think Medi-Cal is only offered to low income uh, individuals. So, yeah, it's um, but that's and that and again that like. So with, a, with, a, with nationally improved Medicare for all, it would not, you know, Obama came out with that lie, like, you can keep your doctor. Well, actually, under Obamacare, like, some people couldn't keep their doctor. If we transition to an actual single-payer system, uh, and this this kind of confuses a lot of people. They're like, wait, you don't want the government in control of your health care. They're not, it's, the government would not be in control of the hospitals and your doctor. The government would just essentially be, would take over, and there would be no more insurance companies. So, in my head, you know, I don't trust the government for shit now. I mean, I don't trust the Democrats. I don't trust the Republicans. But you know who I don't trust even more? Is I don't trust a giant corporation who's only, who only cares about profit to be in charge of our healthcare, and that's what we have right now in America, where they will deny people's claims if they want to. They because again, they're all they care about. They don't care about healthy patients, or they don't care about a positive outcome uh, for anyone who's sick. All they care about is maximizing profits. And how do they maximize profits? By raising our copays, raising premiums, and by denying people's healthcare coverage. So. If we could transition to something like a single-payer system, everyone would actually keep their doctor. All the doctors uh, – the providers would all stay the same. Hospitals would stay the same. We would just no longer have a middleman who's standing – a giant insurance company who's standing in the way between us and our doctor. We could get any treatment we wanted. We could get whatever we wanted, and, and essentially the government uh, foots the bill. Um, and, and yes, there would, be a, there would be a small amount we would pay into it. Uh, I think under Bernie's plan, it was like $140 a month. Much cheaper than cheaper. you know an average family would pay. Much cheaper uh, than than these these private insurance companies. And also, a lot of people don't think they pay for their insurance. Well, it does. It comes out of your paycheck. Uh, one of the reasons a lot of these corporations keep their employees is because of health care. And they and the reason they're not paying you more is because they're deducting that from your pay. So if no longer your company, the company you work for had to pay for your health care, uh, you know you're you're you could actually make more money uh, because they would no longer be taking health care out of your paycheck.
4: Yeah. I also heard people – and this, this is coming actually from somebody that works at HR, that they said that let's say you're in a treatment, let's say, for cancer or some other thing, you know, there's going to be like a lifetime, that it's going to be sucking a lot of money out of your insurance, that the HR, if they find out that information, they can actually – let you go. So I, I don't know how accurate that is, but I, I don't know. That will take the whole you know uh sense of heap away. I don't I don't I don't get it.
1: That is absolutely accurate. Unfortunately, I have spoken with two people who that happened to. Um also, you know, the one of the other things that happens is um like in Michael Moore's uh documentary Sicko. Sicko, yes, um, Yep. He, you know, uh, we found out that Walmart takes out insurance policies on people with cancer. So then when they die, they get hundreds of thousands of dollars. So now this one guy um, that I also saw in an interview last week, um, they were trying to unionize Trader Joe's. Um, and he was saying that he got cancer and he had worked there for over a decade and they cut back his hours right before he left to get his cancer treatment so that his insurance would no longer be active. So wow. they're not just, you know, canceling it, but they will absolutely do things like move you to a part-time status or something like that. So they can, you know, get away with that. It's, it's truly disgusting.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, I have a, a quick question for you, Ryan, uh, and, and I'll let you go. Um, Quick question, um, like for example, going back to you know gro- growing in the island, it's I don't know if you've seen the way they mobilize. I don't know if because the the Hispanic culture in it, and you know we we protest, we do things different. I don't know if it's because our colonization and our status with the mainland and the things we, that we've been going through. If that we vote or do things different but do you think you will ever see something like that and i also understand that that's 3.5 million people in a small space but do you think that we, we could ever do something like that here like mobilize people like that
0: i hope so i, hope so. I mean i i saw the protests uh, a few years ago in puerto rico and the entire streets were full of people who were demanding uh, justice from from their corrupt government. And that's the kind of movements that we need. And and I think it's important that, you know, I remember sharing a a video from one of those protests and it was, you know, and we're seeing protests like that in the global South. We're seeing it in Latin America. We are seeing uh, just a wave of people-led movements. Uh, We're seeing them in India. We're seeing the working class rise up uh, uh, over there. I mean, we're seeing... We, we see, we saw it in France, uh, uh, last month, uh, over, uh, police brutality. Um, I mean, you see in other countries, you do, you see a willingness of the people to rise up against their oppressive governments. In America, uh, people are, you know, again, they, they've sedated us. They, they've, they, w- between all the mindless entertainment, between, you know, all these empty promises and, and, and by dividing us and keeping us distracted and fighting each other. I mean, they've really kind of, uh, we've seen the ruling class in this country, uh, and we've seen both political parties kind of master the art of deflecting blame. Oh, it's all Russia's fault. You know, the Democrats blame Russia for fucking everything. You know, it's all everything's Putin's fault. And I'm over here like, I, I got liberals lecturing me on Russian oligarchs. And I'm like, have you heard of the American oligarchs? Have you heard? Like, America has more oligarchs and more billionaires than any other nation on earth. We are the leader when it comes to corporate greed and when it comes to inequality and when it comes to funneling as much money as possible to the wealthy. That's why we have 140 million people right now in the so-called richest nation on earth who are poor or low income. So what we need is – you're absolutely right, uh, Jorge. We need people uh, to mobilize we need people to rise up we need solidarity amongst each other and unfortunately they keep us divided also our country is very spread out so you know yeah, in puerto rico yeah. they have like a central place they can all go and, yep. and, and it's much easier to bring them all together but I, again that's no excuse uh we've seen in this country you know we saw mlk and, and the civil rights movement lead uh, you know uh uh you know, almost a huge march on Washington. Uh, we've seen it in the past. I, I know we're here talking about the the March for Medicare for All. I hope as many people can show up in Washington, D.C. on July 30th as possible, uh, and also in sister cities throughout this country. I think it's, you know, courage is contagious. I think the more people who start to rise up, the more injustice we see. And I also think that we need to stop being so quick to demonize uh, people that maybe they they voted differently for, uh, you know, from us on the past, you know, when, when, conservatives are, you know, look, I disagree with, with conservatives on economic principles, but, you know, and I disagree on why they, they had their little insurrection. I, I think, you know, we don't need to, uh, have an insurrection or have a bunch of people show up and, and, and kind of overthrow the government to install a fascist autocrat, to install a president like Trump. But I think we, you know, it, I'm all about protesting and overthrowing the government if it's going to lead to you know, uh, economic equality for everyone or it's going to lead to health care for everyone or it's going to lead to a system that doesn't exploit everyone if it's going to lead to actual justice and dignity for all people. But yet you have the left who's really scared to protest and scared to go and actually confront the corruption. And you see more on the right where they're – You know, I disagree again. I disagree with a lot of people on the right, but they're not afraid to protest. They're not afraid to go and call even they'll call Trump out. You know, if Trump disagrees with them, I see nothing but obedience from liberals. Like even like it's not as bad. I mean, they worship the ground Obama walked on. But even with Biden, it's like in Kamala Harris, like uh, they worship these politicians, Nancy Pelosi, Pete Buttigieg. These motherfucking politicians on the Democratic side are corrupt as hell. And you've got liberals worshiping them. And I think a lot of it has to do with their privilege. They're comfortable. And, and, and things just aren't bad enough for them yet. And I think it's sad that things are going to have to get worse for people to wake up to see how unjust our system is. But I think there's lessons to be learned from how the right protests and then the left is, like, busy dividing itself. Like, we should be looking for solidarity amongst everyone, uh, you know, in the working class who wants dignity and justice for all people. We might call it different things. You know, I get people don't like to call things socialism. Socialism to me is just an economy that works for everyone. It's an economy where you don't have billionaires controlling the markets. But, you know, then, you know, I look at these conservatives, they say they're for the working class and then they're worshiping Elon Musk, you know, and, and they've got this billionaire worship thing, too. Like, I just don't get it. Like, why are you worshiping billionaires? Like, they're not helping you. They're shipping your jobs overseas. I, I just don't get it. You know, they're they're the first to kind of get rid of jobs when when, you know, a machine can t- overtake them. So I, I just don't understand the, the, the worship that goes on on the right either. But I do think that we need to work on building solidarity amongst all of us and, and, and trying to fight back against these oppressive corporations and, and our oppressive government.
1: Yeah. My, thank you so much. My, thank you. Go ahead, my, you. my dear friend, Marianne Williamson. I know you know Marianne. She's my biggest supporter. She's my my dear, dear friend. I love her so much. Um, and she made a post the other day, I'm paraphrasing, but she said, you know, talking about organizing, you don't see the right saying things like, well, that's not going to work. Let's do it differently. And no, not like that. And well, what if this happens if we do it and stuff, that's all on this side. We're the ones that are always like, but what happens if fuck that? what what's happening now so what so we have our march in washington dc and not as many people come as we want we still did something like we still did
0: something and i remember there were people mocking the march last year like oh no look at nobody showed up i'm like what the fuck are you guys mocking like they're organizing we're trying to actually get people to show up and to fight for everyone to have health care, and you are mocking it like th- there was a, I yeah. actually saw people that I used to be in solidarity with in the Bernie campaign mocking y- the the March for Medicare for All, and I just it made no sense to me. Um, and it's
1: like you know, it, it takes a really disgusting, sick person uh, privileged. Last night, I you know I posted about the march, and uh, you know, somewhat a mutual follow. Um, it, you know, she said um, she posted, you know what a colossal waste of everyone's time and stuff. And I'm like, you are literally telling a disabled person who commits hours and hours of every day to try and organize this. Like, and you're saying it's a colossal waste of time. Don't tell me how to do my time. I spend my time how I want to, how I want to spend it. And as a disabled person, who's mostly blind, I had to take a part-time job working retail in a warehouse, even though I can't even see because I need the money because of things like healthcare bills. So don't tell me what's a waste of time because I'm still fighting for your hateful ass too.
0: Well, and if you have a better idea, then go organize it. Like if you don't like, if you don't like this rally or you don't like this, then go do it. But that's the thing they don't, they don't want to, they just want to vote blue. No matter who they literally just want to check a box Every two years for Congress, every four years for the White House, and they think, oh, I, I did my job. I voted for a Democrat. I'm a good person. The hell you are. The Democrats are corrupt to the core. And now you have some people who want to march and hold them accountable. I say amen. Like, let's get on board. Um, I just looked at the time. We went way over. I, I, this oh, that's
1: is, okay. <laughs> uh, it's,
0: I know. Uh, Where can people learn more about the March for Medicare for All, Joy? And also, how can they follow your work and, and, and subscribe to your show?
1: So um the easiest way to follow me is Twitter. My DMs are open because I always take uh, mutual aid requests to um to share those and and boost those. Um, so you can always reach me that way. Um, I'm at Savage Marie One. Um I have a YouTube and a Rockfin, Savage Joy Marie Man. Um I have a shitlib parody book, uh Savageandpat.com. Um,
0: it's our- amazing by the way It's a it's a parody <laughs> book of the 2016 election And it's really fucking funny
1: It's pretty good, I ain't gonna lie
0: <laughs> I've read it
1: <laughs> And um, you can follow our website At M4 The number 4 M4M4All.org um, And on Twitter At M4M4All Um, we, um, we are, we did consolidate to one March this year. We want it big. We need every single person possible in DC, July 30th. It is so imperative. We need to show them that we don't give a fuck if Dems are so-called in power We are holding people accountable. We will be right outside of the White House. We have a week of action coming up before it. A lot of us will be traveling to DC um, days earlier. um, For we're keeping a few things under wraps because we don't want to get like busted or anything. (laughs) It's nothing bad, but you know. Um, So, but we are absolutely desperately in need of donations because we are. 100% One hundred percent volunteers, and when you know when you do something in DC, your permits like we're required to rent porta pots. They're like seven thousand dollars. We have to rent a sound system. We have to get a stage. We have to pay a thousand dollars just for a disability wheelchair ramp. To the stage, I mean the the prices are insane. So we really, really need help. Um, so anything you could chip in, and for all org, um, we have a lot of great things coming up on the June eighth. Um, we're having a Medicare for All trivia night, which is going to be super fun. Um, you donate a dollar or more, and you get the link, and that. Um, it's a program that you online, you get to play trivia. I'm also doing a music trivia with Jesse Jett. Um, Oh, I love Jesse
0: Jett. Jesse Jett's amazing.
1: He's he's wonderful. And he's been such a supporter. We also have a few other things coming up. I'm not, he's a good songwriter too,
0: actually really good songwriter.
1: He, He is, he is, he's wonderful. Um,
0: Well, Joy, thank you so much for uh, this two hours. My gosh, this has gone way over. I hope uh, (laughs) people got something out of it. And again, thank you for all your uh, activism and organizing. And um, I'm going to try to make it to D.C. this year. No promises because I'm kind of down here uh, doing my thing. And I don't know if I'll have the money to come up, but I will try I will definitely try. And no matter what, I will promote the event and help uh, spread awareness about it. And again, thank you for holding the Democrats accountable and and, and holding all of our politicians accountable. I think uh, we need to see more of that. I think we'll never uh, see any change unless unless we fight for it. So thank you for uh, everything you're doing. And uh, let's catch up soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ryan, for having me. Thanks to all the listeners. And I love you to pieces.
0: Likewise. I hope everyone has a great weekend and thanks for listening to another episode of Unruly.